Today's scripture reading is two verses. You can follow along on page nine in your worship folder. And I'll start with the first, which is Romans 12, 13. And it says, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. And the second verse is Hebrews 13, uh, verse two. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Allie. We have several folks that uh, read scripture for us, and I'm not sure if they appreciate more uh, a passage that is so long that it is uh, a time that they've really, you know, they've really had to walk up here and do something, or if it's shorter than the actual walk up here. I'm not quite positive how they feel about that. Uh, let me assure you, though, that as you look at that and you go, oh, two verses, so we're like five and done, right? We're out quick. No, uh, that's not the case today. Um, it is good to be back with you. I've missed you these last two Sundays. I just want to say that we are again back in the series that we have been talking about, that devoted uh, beyond ticking the boxes, that there are things that we are called to as those who are following Christ, or hopefully they are um, roadmaps or even uh, the sweet aroma of Jesus to those who are thinking about what does it mean to follow Christ. If you're here today and you sit in any of those places, our desire is that in this series we are discovering what we are devoted to. And we learn the very first sermon that these folks in the early church that we read about in Acts chapter 2 and throughout the rest of the book of Acts, they were devoted to certain things, but they were gifts of God because of their devotion to God first. That they loved God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, and they loved others as they loved themselves. That their devotion were not to the things that they were doing, but to the person that gave them, to them, to do. And so that's true for us as well. So when we think about being devoted to the story of God, it's not just a box to tick that we've read the Bible or that we look at it on Sundays or that we open it up and we hope to get some insight from it. That in fact it is the gift of God to us because of our devotion to him that then it comes alive to us and it reveals to us who God is. That gathering together in worship, that while it might seem like that's something that we should be doing or I ought to be doing, and so I tick the box, that because we're devoted to God and loving Him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving others as ourselves, that we then move into that place longing for it, that it builds us up, and we recognize that we've been away from it, it actually causes us to lose our fire. And so it's good for us to gather with other believers and worship together. Now, worship is all of life, but we do a specific style and type here. This gathering together to hear the word proclaimed, to sing praises to God, to participate in the Lord's Supper. 
That they were devoted to Christ and God through prayer. This sense that I must call out to God, that it is a dialogue between the maker of the universe and myself. And not just me, but all of us gathered together, that there are continual prayers, praying without ceasing, going on, that even in my breath, I am praying, thank you, God, for life that is given to me. And if you've ever been to church at any time, you can go, yep, worship, (laughs) reading the Bible, prayer. Those all seem like pretty, you know, basic border right there foundational things and the next three weeks we're going to look at things that might seem not quite as foundational but we see them in that acts chapter 2 passage i'm gonna flip there and and read that acts chapter 2 passage just as a way of introduction to remember where they're at acts chapter 2 verse 42 it says and they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching to fellowship to the breaking of bread and prayers and all came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles and all who believed were gathered together and had all things in common and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing them and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need and day by day they attended the temple together and breaking bread in their homes they received their food with gladness and generous hearts praising god and having favor with all people and the lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved See, there's in this place there that we see three things that we're going to talk about over the next three weeks. We're going to talk today about hospitality, this gathering together in each other's homes and caring for one another. We're going to talk about generosity, what it means to be outwardly focused and and giving of our, our gifts and our possessions. And then we're going to talk about, I think, which might be the, the one that is like, really? How, how are we devoted to that? Is the idea of finding favor. This place where as we're devoted to God and devoted to others, when we are loving God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving others as we love ourselves, that we will move into a place of finding favor with those that are around us. Even while we're the bad guys, (laughs) as Steve McAlpine would say in his latest book. So today, hospitality. In 1981... A futurist, pretty cool job by the way, Faith Popcorn, her real name, wrote a book called Cocooning. And in that book, she projected that what would happen in the human race is that people would begin to pull themselves inwardly away from society and begin cocooning in places of either safety or comfort or assurance. That was 1981. That we would stop engaging in community at large, but move ourselves in. She went as far as to say that there would eventually be pods that people would live in, and because of technology, they would never have to leave those pods. Now, in some ways, that might sound frighteningly realistic. Given our current state of circumstances, 
and what we've just been through, there's a sense that we have cocooned. A place where we have drawn away and put ourselves into one location. Now, from 1981 on, in fact, what has taken place is our human engagement with each other has begun to be diminished. Technology has allowed us to do things from a distance that we would used to have to do face to face. One thing that I have started to do in a sort of rebellious sort of way, and yes, pastors can be rebellious, is instead of going to the self-checkout line, I go and find a person who is actually working at the checkout line. Because I don't want to pay to do their job. I also want to talk to somebody. I also know that for some reason, every time I'm in that self-checkout line, I end up talking to somebody because I can never do it correctly anyway. But I wouldn't have to engage with anybody if I didn't need to. And while I'm out in public, in a sphere, in a space with all sorts of other people, I could walk my life in complete, curated isolation. Now, what I mean by curated isolation is that we begin to have the ability to pick and choose what our engagements will be. We begin to have the ability to say, I want to have involvement with this particular group of people. Are these folks that think this way? Are those that agree with me? We're able to pick and choose what influences we have. Even to the point where we would never have to leave whatever place it was that we would not want to leave. And I say that because there are those who have chosen their house to be that place. And then there are those who have miraculously gone off the grid, but have amazing Instagrams. But all that it has done is has given the heart of people to be inwardly focused, to be self-motivated to be looking at what is my comfort and what is my place and how do I want to interpret and receive the world around me. Now, that's not that unusual, actually. You see, because throughout history, in time and space, from ages past and ages to come, the human heart is one that wants what it wants. It wants what it desires, and it will build systems and organizations and philosophies to justify that movement. And so at this time, when all of a sudden these group of Christian believers were devoted to meeting each each other's houses, they were doing it not outside of culture, because that happened within culture, but they were doing it a bit differently. They were doing it in a way that allowed any and all to come and be present. Their desire was not just to find those who were curated in to be like them, who would build them up. But they were saying all and any should come and be present. And so the first thing, this call for us as we're devoted 
to God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and devoted to others as we are love ourselves. And again, I, I have to say this. Remember, when Jesus is saying love others as you love yourself, it's not because he thinks that you don't love yourself and you need to love yourself better. It's because he knows you love yourself quite well. And if you would think of others as much as you think about yourself, then you would actually engage them in a way that is pleasing to God. And so in that place, then, we begin to see that hospitality is more than just the act of bringing in. It goes beyond that to who we bring in. Our heart motivation is not just to bring in those who are like us, who will appeal to us, who will make us feel comfortable, but hospitality is that that says, I want those who disagree with me. I want to bring in and live life with those who are different than me. I want to be able to be stretched and rubbed against in a way that I will feel uncomfortable in some way. Now, that seems antithetical to what hospitality is. Because in hospitality, we think we want to make sure that there is entertainment that is happening. That there is comfort that takes place. But biblical hospitality, hospitality that we see here is nothing about that. It's not that that's bad. <laughs> it's not that we don't want to have a good time when we have people around us. But it's about recognizing the other. and opening our hearts and our homes to them. Now, it's interesting that here in this passage in Acts, uh, we see them doing that. And then in Romans chapter 12, verse 13, where we've pulled that little verse out that says, seek to show hospitality. That is Paul writing to the Christians that are in Rome, saying to them, there's lots of things that you need to be doing that you need to be about. They're all imperatives. They're saying, this is what you should be doing. And in that, he says, I need you to seek hospitality for all, for, for all those that are within the body, that all those that you're, so that means us. We should be seeking to bring each other into our lives. We should be looking at each other and saying, how, how can I open my heart to you to receive you in? And likewise, you receive me in. And I know that's a scary proposition. And at the same time, then, in that Hebrews passage, we see very clearly the, the author of Hebrews, inspired by God, says, and don't neglect to show hospitality to who? To those who are outside, to the strangers, to those who are far off. And we might think to ourselves, okay, so, so that's a new thing, right? That's a New Testament thing, but it's not. <laughs> because we know in Leviticus... Chapter 19, verse 33, in all these amazing rules. If you ever want to be challenged and or fall asleep, <laughs> Leviticus is a place to go. It'll challenge you and it might make you fall asleep if you read it late at night and you haven't had much sleep. God says this, when a stranger sojourns with you, in your land, you shall not do him wrong. You shall treat the stranger who sojourns with you as a native among you. And you shall love him as yourself. For you were strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. 
See, what we begin to recognize is that hospitality is more than an external action, but it is an opening up of our hearts. And it doesn't spring from anything that we possess in and of ourselves. I like to think that I'm a pretty welcoming guy. Until you do something I disagree with. And then it's very easy for me to say, yeah, that's on you. You've chosen not to be with me. What God is saying here is that that motivation cannot spring from ourselves because we, our propensity is to cocoon. <laughs> but he says, I want you to remember this. You were a stranger. And I opened my heart to you. I walked your way to bring you in so that you could feel welcome. Jesus talks about this as well. Jesus has this great parable, this challenging parable that Luke relates to us. It, It goes like this. Let me read it to you. It's in Luke 14. He's been talking and he says, he said to the man who had invited him into his house, this person said, I want Jesus to come and he invited him in. He says, you, when you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor and the crippled and the lame and the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. What God is doing there, what Jesus is saying, is that all around us, people are being hospitable. They're inviting people into their house. They're throwing banquets and lavish dinners and saying, I want you to come and be here with me. And the reason why they're doing that is because they want to be repaid. They're doing it so that people will know who they are in the world. They're doing it so that they can garner favor with those around them. And Jesus points out, you invited me here because you think you're going to get something. And you are. I'm going to teach you something. Then he tells this great parable. He says, when one of those who was reclining at the table uh, with him heard these things, he said to him, blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. And Jesus said this, a man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time for the banquet, he sent out his servants to say to those that had been invited, come for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have brought a field and I must go and see it. Please have my excuse. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and and I go to examine them. Please have my excuse. And another one said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and he reported these things to the master. And the master of the house became angry and he said to his servant, Go out quickly to the streets and the lanes in the city and bring in the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame. And the servant said, Sir, what you have commanded has been done and still there is room. And the master said to the servant, Go out then into the highways and the hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste of my banquet. 
Jesus is showing us his gospel here. He's showing us that there is a place in his heart that he desires for his house to be filled, and he invites people in. But one thing it tells us about hospitality is this. That for us as those who are in Christ, one of our first moves of hospitality is to accept hospitality. Is to be open in our heart to receive. One of the hardest things I think about hospitality is not the act of doing it. Now, granted, my wife and I are extroverts. And when we talk about hospitality, it can be very easy for people to hear Christianity, the following the way of Jesus, is only for extroverts. It's not. But it is very difficult for me to accept hospitality from people. When those around me open their hearts and say, I want to care and walk and open myself to you. My propensity is to cocoon my heart and not reveal exactly who I am, that I might actually be a person who is in need. And so what we see here in this parable is that Jesus proclaims, my house is open for everyone. And yet there are those who come up with excuses not to enter. Who say in their own hearts, I don't need to be present in that house. And so we learn in that example that our hearts can have the direction of that. But God transforms us through Jesus and allows us to be those who recognize I am lame and crippled and in the highways and the byways. That I am one who is in need and so I can move into the place of accepting that hospitality first from God but then from others. Because then it is in that place that I learn that my hospitality is far less about me and more about the people around me. That my hospitality doesn't become a, a, a part of people saying they're so hospitable. But a place where people say I feel welcome there. Not that they have everything together when I maybe walk into their house or when I meet them out someplace or when I get in their car. If you've ever been in my car, you know that to be true. But that they are welcoming to me. Hospitality means to welcome. This passage that we looked at here in Romans, it says, uh, seek to show Hospitality, the ESV does a great job at letting us know what that is really about. That means for us, it means we have to actually work at it. <laughs> we have to move in the graciousness that God has, that, that we have to walk in that way. Um, my daughter right now is um, thrilled with turtles. She loves them. Um, she likes the, the designs on their shells. She li she likes, she, she, we can't convince her to go swim with the big giant turtles because it's in water. And so we've we got to get her over that. But, but one of the things that we've done very poorly 
Um, the Grams have done a far better job than we have at this. Ha- have been caring for turtles that are being born out at uh, uh, Bibber Lake and Manning Park. So there's these turtles that they come out of the pond and they walk and they've got their shells and they're, they're very protected by those shells, but they're not that protected. Because as these turtles are going out and they're digging a place to lay their eggs, uh, there are birds and other predators who are seeking to destroy them. And so they have these shells that they pull into to do that. But the reality is I, I've watched a bird get at a turtle in a shell. If you believe that protection comes from pulling into yourself, you will miss and still find destruction. But if they are open to allowing others to walk beside them, shooing the birds away, And then after they've laid their eggs, actually picking them up and taking them back to the safety of the water. Then they find that they live. It is true for us as well. In hospitality, we are able to break our heart's tendency to isolate, to pull in, to be protective. Because Jesus is the one who breaks through to save us. We are empowered to walk together in hospitality. And so we can be those who are protected with one another. We can be those who walk in places. We can be those who invite people into our house. Maybe that's how it looks. Or we can be those who just learn to love those who are unlovable to us. That we become open to any and all, knowing that we received the same. As God says, I'm the one who brought you out. And you were distant from me. We do the same as those who are in Christ Jesus. Let me pray for us. Father, if there's anything that's from you, let it pass away. But let us hear that you have called us. And because you have called us, we can be those who love each other. And so if there's anything that's from you, let it take root in our hearts. Bring praise to you and produce good works of love to those around us. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.